You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. So are you guys ready for an amazing night tonight? It is Emerge Takeover. That is this shirt right here, Warrior. I can't even buy these yet. can't even buy these yet. Oh, my wife stole one. Watch out. Um, be cleansed. Tonight is Emerge Takeover. As you know, we have Emerge next weekend. And uh, if you are new, Emerge is our men's conference. The most important weekend of the year on our calendar, in my humble opinion. It's when men become men. Men learn how to be men. And uh, we come back better husbands, better fathers, better business people, better friends, and uh, better grandparents, whatever. We come back better. That's what Emerge is all about. So we have three Emerge men. Real men are going to be bringing the word tonight. We have a three by ten, and you guys know the drill. They're going to come up like rapid fire, ten minutes, ten minutes, ten minutes. You're going to, uh, you're going to clap and cheer and engage in their messages, and I'm going to introduce them right now, and then they're going to just going to come up and bring, them, and bring the fire. So in the leadoff spot, we have the one and only Mr. Jeff Q. This guy, like as a pastor, I am just so proud of this guy. I've seen him grow uh, and grow and grow. He's, he's a, uh, every Tuesday morning, he's at men's prayer. He's at everything. He leads our high team. He, uh, he excels and is a leader in his industry in the marketplace. And, uh, and recently got married, beautiful, beautiful wife. And, and, uh, and, and he, they, like one of the first things they did at their wedding was worship. Like they had a worship song and they were worshiping God. Like when I got married, I was just trying to get to the reception and then the honeymoon. But they're like worshiping God. Like you are a man of God. And I mean that sincerely. Like you're, you're one of the greatest men of God I know. And so I love Jeff Q in the two hole, uh, which is usually like the small guy that goes the other way in baseball. But this guy's not a small guy that goes the other way. This is Mr. John Sanchez. Again, a guy I'm so proud of watching you grow over the, over the years. And uh, even in just talking to him in preparation, I realized how much you do. Uh, you, you are incredible. He's, he's a guy that just got here and went all in. Went all in. Life changed and emerged. And from there, just uh, one step after another of obedience to God. And now he's leading connect groups. He's leading in kids' church. He's a, I forgot to say this. Jeff Hughes, a captain at Emerge. So is John Sanchez, a captain at Emerge. And uh, just a few years ago, it was your first time at Emerge. And now you're a captain of, you know, 40, 50 men. So I'm so proud of you, man. He's going to be in the two-hole. And, and uh, in the cleanup spot, we have... The Emerge Men's Leader over all campuses, Mr. Jeffrey Forbes. He always brings the fire and uh, got saved at Emerge years ago, and now he's leading the whole ministry. Like an unbelievable story, which I'm not going to try to speak into because he might be sharing some of that tonight. But uh, love Pastor Jeff Forbes and Glory and the family, and uh, just get ready for some fire from him. So proud of you guys and excited. Well, hey. Why don't we, uh, one time, why don't we give it up for all of them as Mr. Jeff Q comes on up, man. Come on. Let's go. Let's praise God. Woo! Let's go. Uh, Everyone, my name is... 
is Jeff Pugh, and if you haven't met me before, I'm the guy who wears a bright orange shirt that weighs people in the parking lot. Uh, so shout out to my high team. Love you guys. You guys are awesome. Um, pastor John, Becky, thank you guys so much for being my campus pastor for the past six and a half years, creating a place where I can grow, find my wife. It's just amazing. So thank you guys so much. And, um, you know, today, my goal is to inspire you guys today, whether you guys have a destination of either finding your future spouse or buying a home in San Diego, whatever your destination is, I want to inspire you because God led me through that journey. And I know that through the journey, we all need hope at some time. And whether you guys are feeling low, feeling high, my goal today is to inject some hope into you guys through my testimony. So, um, you know, growing up, I was a very quiet and shy kid. And during lunchtime, I would be uh, around, I, I would not have any friend groups. And I wanted to um, you know, be in the community, I want to be involved, and I remember when I got my driver's license, every lunch I would drive off campus and go eat somewhere else because I didn't want to look like I was alone the whole time. And when I went to college, um, you know, I, I was ready to do anything to, to fit in. And I was approached by a group of uh, fraternity brothers, they invited me to a party, they made me feel like I was part of their tribe. And I decided to join the fraternity. I did the initiation, 10 weeks, and I earned the spot of being a fraternity brother. And you know that came with a cost, too, because as a social fraternity, we partied a lot. And every single week, we'll have parties, sometimes on the daily. And I developed a habit of binge drinking. I lost my virginity that I wanted to keep from marriage. And after that, I just decided, you know what? I don't care anymore. I slept with people that I met at parties, and um, I got into music festivals, taking pills that I never thought I would have touched. I was very deep into pornography, and you know, in July of 2014, I looked myself in the mirror. My eyes were bloodshot. Around my eyes, it was all dark. My lips were chapped up, and I remember grabbing a towel and just crying into it because I didn't want my roommates to hear me cry. I was so broken, and what I sought after only led me to dysfunction and disappointment. And I lived with my brother for a few years then, and my brother came back home one day and said, hey, I just came back from church service. They had great music and a lot of cute girls. And I said, why not? And I went back to church and uh, you know, tried it out. I drove down Balboa and turned into this parking lot and found the Waken Church. And this is the place where God healed me. God showed me what is possible. I saw couples, godly couples, holding hands in worship, praying together, and uh, men and women praying in faith and power, and made me realize, man, there's more than, than just partying. There's more than just getting drunk on weekends, and I want what they have. And a few months in, uh, Emerge happened, and I decided to take two days off and invest in Emerge Conference. And when I got there, I met some guys that helped me reshape my thinking. Some guys came up to me and said, hey, Jeff, what do you want in life? And one of the things I wanted was a godly marriage. And back then, I was still sleeping around. And, you know, I didn't know how to do, what to do to, to get to my desired destination. That's my title today of the message, Desired Destination. And at Emerge Conference, I found vision. And that's why having conferences, like Awaken Conference, yeah. Emerge Conference, Cherish for the Ladies, yeah. location matters. Yeah. If you think about Abraham, God told him to get out of his tent to look up so that he can see his promise. Yeah. 
And at a merge conference, I saw my promise, and that's when I set the destination. And it's kind of like pulling up your, your phone for Google Maps and setting a destination on where you want to go. And I set destination, I set my destination at a merge conference. And you know, I'll be honest, two months into after a merge conference, I found myself again at a music festival, getting drunk, and I was stuck in pornography. And I had that desire for that golly marriage, but I was still stuck in where I was. I didn't know how. I knew where I wanted to go, but I didn't know how. And that's when I started going to men's prayer on Tuesday mornings. And I met this guy, his name is Jared Ventasso. You guys probably seen him on the screen before. He, uh, he did the preview a couple of months ago, but he shared his story of how he overcame his addictions and walking out purity and now having a great marriage. And after men's prayer, I ran up to him and said, hey, I need your help. Teach me how. Be my mentor. And he walked me through the healing process, and I was able to overcome pornography. I was able to walk in sobriety. And God connected me with the right community. God connected me with the right community. Our environment that we surround ourselves with helps us stay the course. And that's point number two. Number one is set the destination. Number two is stay the course. Now, once I made that commitment, over the next five years, I saw one, one by one my friends started getting married. And um, every single wedding, I would leave, and I would feel so disappointed. I was like, what's wrong with me? Why is everyone else getting married? I'm, I'm doing life right. And I realized that I needed to strengthen myself in the Lord every single day to keep that feel going. I need to keep that feel going. It's kind of like saying that destination, going on a road trip. Every day I need to fill myself up to make sure I stay the course. And I found that in the scripture, God told me that in Genesis 2.18, that he has a wife for me, a wife suitable, a helper. And I would declare that verse over me. I would meditate on it and hold on to that promise, not give up. And what I did was I created a mini uh, Sunday service in my home every single morning where I would play two or three songs, you know, get in the right environment, pray in tongues, pray what's on my heart. And instead of having a preacher come up and share the word, I would go to the word of God and read what God promises in there. And I realized that in David, um, two of the most prominent men in the Bible, David and Joshua, the first chapter in the book they wrote in Psalm and Joshua, it says to meditate on God's word day and night so that you can prosper whatever you do. And in Joshua 1.8, it says, do not let the word of God depart from your mouth. Be careful to do everything written in it. And I realized that I was only doing something where I was tithing, I was going to church, but I was still sleeping around and doing my thing, but I realized that I need to go all in if I want that promise. And God says that you will succeed in whatever you do. And my journey was to get a godly wife. So I decided to commit myself um, to that word. And through that transformation process, in September of 2020, I walked down the aisle with the most beautiful, amazing woman, Erin Liskew. I love you so much, baby. You are a destination that I've desired for so long, and I'm so grateful that God brought you to me. And, you know, now we live in the beautiful condo in Tierra Santa that we own and we lead 
the, um, the, the high team at Balboa. Our life is so full and, and awesome. We're surrounded by great people. And it's all because we followed the, the right steps. So if you're here, whether you're looking to find your future spouse or whether you're looking for the right community, set the destination, get in the right environment, stay the course, find people that have fruit in their lives, take them out to coffee and see what they're doing. And third is to fill the tank every single day. Get into word of God, get into worship, stay the course. And I promise, and this is what God promises, that if we commit our ways to him, he will establish our steps. And this is why I realized that in the, tra- in the journey of achievement, we all have achievement, we all want to get somewhere. I realized that it's not just about the achievement, but it's about the transformation of who we become in the process. So I want to share this with you to encourage you guys. Guys, get to emerge. It's going to be awesome. Wow. Wow. Is there nothing you can't do? Oh my gosh, he's good at everything, Jeff Q. This guy. Woo! Wow. Hey, everybody. My name is John Sanchez. I've been coming to Awaken Now for four years. This is shocking. This is shocking that I'm here today. I was not expecting this today. When I got the, uh, the call, the text, whatever, on Saturday, I felt like a fat, overweight, retired pitcher who just got a call back to the big leagues. Like, (laughs) put me back in, coach. Let's do it. But I'm honestly, I'm super humbled. Pastor John, Pastor Becky, I love you guys. Thank you guys so much for this opportunity. We love you guys. Um, I'm excited to tell you guys a little bit about my Emerge testimony, about my story. A little bit of background on me. So I came to San Diego 10 years ago to play football at San Diego State. And very much like Jeff got into the college lifestyle, right? San Diego State is a big time party school. And I was known as the party guy, which is saying a lot, considering it's a party school. (laughs) And I'm a football player, and I was known as the party guy, right? So obviously with parties comes, you know, drinking, drugs, all that stuff. I did actually meet my wife at a party, so it wasn't all bad. There's a positive in that. But um, in all that, I developed this heavy drinking problem. I had a heavy drinking problem. I didn't think I had a problem at the time. I thought I was just like a social drinker. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm just, I'm just having fun. I'm just, you know, but like, no, it wasn't, it wasn't a good thing. I actually ended up getting charged for a DUI in college because I was drinking, I was driving, um, got caught up. And then I realized, oh, I, this is a problem. This is a problem I got to fix, right? Um, Fast forward to early 2017, me and my bride, we're, we're at a point in our relationship where we're like, you know what, we need to go to church. We need to get back in church. So after having some weird experiences at a different, you know, couple different churches, <laughs> thankfully got invited to Awaken. And at the time, Pastor, so Pastor Leanne was speaking. It was actually the, the, um, the, the, the relationship series that we do like every year, which is like my favorite it's so good around Valentine's Day. It's like my favorite, like, serious. And me and my bride just had, like, the biggest fight we've ever had in our relationship. <laughs> like, two weeks earlier on Super Bowl Sunday, I'm like, oh, thank God. Okay, this is good. And obviously, Pastor Leanne, amazing, just blew our minds. Like, okay, this is our church. Yeah. This is our church. A month later, 
we join a connect group. And at this connect group, I'm talking to some of the guys and they're talking to, you know, speaking to me like, hey, John, you know, like you're going to emerge, emerge is coming up, this and that. I'm like, yeah, you know, it looks cool. I've seen the trailers, you know, want to go, but uh, I don't really have the money for it. So I don't think I want to go. Which, is, which was a lame excuse then, it's still a lame excuse now. <laughs> but thank God someone called me out. He actually, I had someone pay for me to go. I didn't even know the guy, I met him that night. I met him that night. And I ended up going to Emerge, not knowing what to expect, right? And you know, I'm like, okay, I'm an athlete, it's gonna be cool, they have competitions, right? Not knowing like what I'm about to walk myself into. And I get rocked, right? I just totally get rocked. Um, I ended up crying more in those two days than I had like the previous like 10 years of my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like, just like bawling, like why am I crying so much? Just like, I just met this guy, I'm opening up, like telling him about my, my deepest secrets, like I don't even know who you are, you know, like this is so weird. You know what I mean? And, but, <laughs> um, but it was, I mean, I, I, I grew close to these people who I just met. I just met these guys, and now they're my brothers. You know, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm over here praying for people. People are praying for me. I'm like, what the heck? I get home. My bride is like, what the heck is, like, what happened to you? Like, you're so different now. Like, what happened? And ladies, let me just say this. If your men goes to emerge, you're not going to get a good story out of him. He's not going to be able to explain in detail how great Emerge is. It's not going to happen, you know. How was Emerge? It, it was pretty cool, you know. <laughs> you know, we did this and that. You know, God was moving and this and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, 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 no. You're not, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. We're just to the point. We're too simple. Um, so... <laughs> so so that weekend was incredible, but the reason I'm up here today is not because I just stopped at the conference. I didn't stop learning or growing at the conference, right? I continued to learn. I continued to seek guidance and seek wisdom and all those good things. And here I am four years later because of the people that I got into my life, the leaders I got into my life, the pastors I got into my life, the people that were able to speak into my life and call out my ish and all that good stuff. That's why I'm here now, because I had people who can hold me accountable, right? And if I can be vulnerable here for a second, so me and my then girlfriend, now wife, we were having sex at the time when, when I went to Emerge Conference, we were having sex. And I'm not gonna say we stopped immediately after Emerge, but we stopped having sex after Emerge. And we actually didn't, we didn't have sex for 18 months leading up to our wedding. <laughs> Which is crazy. Which is super hard to do once you're already having sex. That's like the hardest thing to do when you're already having sex is stop having sex. Um, but if I can encourage anyone here today, especially the young adults, if there's anything you can do, I know it's hard, I get it, you know, I'm a guy too, I understand. But there's, if, if there's anything you can do before marriage is to wait for, for the one, wait for your bride, honestly. <laughs> Our marriage is blessed now because of what we did then, right? Our marriage is blessed. God is, God's hand is on our marriage right now because of the sacrifice we made then. We made a mistake. We recovered. Thank God. Thank God. Um, but the point I want to hit home, and this is actually, I'm getting to my towel here pretty soon. I know it's already like four minutes left. But <laughs> what I'm trying to get at is we all need people accountable or people in our lives to hold us accountable while doing the same for others, right? So the title of my message is, I am my brother's keeper. The Bible verse I'm going to be reading from and referring to is in Genesis uh, 4:8-9, the story of Cain and Abel. To paraphrase, um, Cain and Abel bring an offering to the Lord. The, uh, the Lord is unhappy with Cain. He's happy with Abel. 
Cain gets upset. And now reading from Genesis 4.8, it says that now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Who am I, my brother's keeper? Now, let me just speak on like how Cain responded there. This is a very um, common way of thinking nowadays, especially with our younger generation, right? Very much the you know, that's not my problem. I don't need to worry about that. You know, live and let live. You know, what's in it for me? This is a very common way of thinking that we have nowadays, especially in our younger generation. And it's so backwards from what God intends for us. It's so backwards. Like, God intends for us to care about people, who, to love people, to, you know, to, to honestly just care about people and to be our brother's keeper, period. So, be, but before he more emerged, I didn't understand, like, what that really meant, so here I am experiencing um, some things for the first time, and years later after receiving guidance and discipline and instruction from all my leaders, um, you know, now I'm in a position where I, I can actually do the same for others. I'm doing the same thing now that people were doing for me four years ago when I was brand new to all this. And now, like Pastor John was saying, now I've been asked to be an emerge captain. I'm, an, I'm a connect leader. I'm serving in kids' church with my beautiful bride. Um, shameless plug, if you need a place to serve, we could always use it in kids' church. I'm just, I'm just saying. So we are keepers, right? We are keepers of a lot of people, right? And it's not... It's not always fun. It's definitely not always easy. But honestly, I wouldn't want it any other way. I'm honestly so thankful and so grateful um, for that responsibility. So I'm a, I'm a real practical guy. I don't know about you guys. But so I'm going to give you guys a couple of points, a couple of how to be your brother's keeper. Is that cool? All right, perfect. Number one is to go first. And by this, I mean... Send a text, send, call people, be the invite, right? Like, go first. Like, whatever you want people to do, like, you're not just going to do it on their own. You got to, like, be the invite. Like, my buddy Chris, who paid for me for Emerge, he, he was my invite. I wasn't going to go unless he paid for me. So be your blessing for someone else. Be your blessing for someone else. Number two is call out their stuff. Now, my buddy, Pastor Sterling, he uses this great word called uh, relational equity. I think, that's, I think that's correct. But pretty much when you have invested time into someone in that relationship, you now have relational equity with someone. So you have the authority to really speak into someone's life. You can't do that unless you take time to get to know someone, to build that relationship with someone. But once you do, and once you see something that's not right in their lives, then you can talk into that a little bit, right? And it takes a little bit of, you know, maneuvering, but that's, that's what needs to be done when something is not great in someone's life. And the last one is simply just the love on people. And this one is, this one, you need to rely on God and you need a lot of grace and empathy for people, right? Because people are people, we mess up, we do a lot of things that frankly, you're like, what the heck? And this isn't something that I'm, I'm getting better at this one, but the, <laughs> with the grace and empathy part, because it's not something that I'm like, I'm like, what are you doing? You know, like in, in my head, I say that, but like, I'm like, I love you, man. Like, I get it. But like, in my head, I'm like, what, you know, what are you doing? Um, so this is something that I'm working on and working towards. Um, so those are three ways to be your brother's keeper. Now, in closing, I want to do something a little, um, a little fun, a little interactive. It is, if it's your first time going to an Emerge conference, can you please just stand up? Just go ahead and stand up real quick. Let's go. Let's go. Now, I'm believing that 
Keep standing up. No, keep standing up. Everyone stretch your hands to these people. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not letting you off the seat real quick. Stretch your hands to these people. I'm believing that God is going to change your life and come into your life the way he came into my life. So, Father God, I just thank you, God, for these mighty men, Lord. I thank you, God, for these mighty men. I thank God they, they are seeking you, God. And the more that they seek you, Father God, the more that you seek them, Father God, and you add on to them, Father God. Right now, Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord, I declare a blessing over every single man, Lord. I declare a new revelation over every single man, Lord. I thank God that you're giving a vision, Father God. You're giving a mission, Father God. You're giving a purpose, Father God. I thank God that they are going to be experiencing you for the first time like they never had before, Father God. What, what you did to, for me, God, you will do for them, Lord. And I just thank you, God, for that. In your mighty name, amen. Everybody, welcome up Mr. Emerge, Pastor Jeff Forbes. Well, hello, hello, hello. Please take your seats. I want to be respectful of time. <laughs> Pastor Becky, I will be respectful of time tonight. So I'm going to get right into it. Thank you very much for the opportunity, Pastor John, Pastor Becky, Pastor Jurgen Leanne, all the amazing people on the front row of our church. I love you all. Let's get into it. I'm going to read my scripture first, and I'm, I'm going to apologize in advance. I've been known to keep it real. And so tonight, I'm going to keep it real with you guys. Okay, here we go. So my verse comes from 1 Timothy 2, 11 through 12. It says, a woman should not learn in quiet, a woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or assume authority over a man. She must be quiet. Now, check me out. Hey, I told y'all, hear me out, hear me out. Hear me out. Listen, listen, hey, ladies, hey. Okay, here we go. So I went to seminary. I have a lot, I, I believe that scripture to be true in context. So I argue with theologians that tell me that a woman shouldn't be a pastor. That verse, I'm going to teach for a second and then I'll close with why this is so important to me. That verse right there is why so many denominations say a woman can be a leader, she can be a director, but she can't be a pastor. Now, here at Awaken Church, we have women pastors. See, that scripture was written to the church of Ephesus. It was a letter to Timothy. And why that scripture was written is because the ladies were worshiping a, a deity, yeah. a goddess, right. Artemis, believed to be the, the sister of Apollo. And she believed because she was born first that she had reign over men. And so the women of that time period yeah. had fallen under her curse or spell. And it's, it's called the Artemis cult. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why that scripture was written. Right. I didn't know that. I'm going to reset. I'm going to reset, okay? Now, that is still teach today at churches. I've been to a few churches, and you can tell that's teach because the women come across as oppressed. The women are not given the ability to thrive. They're not, they don't have a cherished conference. They're not, they're not thriving. 
They, they are preached a gospel where they're lorded over. But my Bible teaches me that a woman came from a man's rib, not from a bone from the bottom of his feet. Women are not meant to be trampled. I have a problem with that theology because it comes across as misogynistic. And misogynistic goes hand in hand with dishonor. It's actually dishonoring to not allow a woman to step into the fullness of what God's called her to be. It's dishonoring. Telling women that they are less than, telling a woman that she has no authority to speak from a pulpit, telling a woman that she's just a stay-at-home mom. How demeaning is that? That's not what the Bible teaches us about women. The Bible doesn't teach that. But it's amazing to me how many people, how many guys, how many other speakers, and hey, I'm going to get to you guys here, the ladies here in a second, so just stay with me. How many guys know that verse? How many leaders know that verse, but they have no context? And so I'm just going to teach you one thing. If anybody ever comes to you and says, there shouldn't be women preachers, ask them why. If they give you that verse, ask them for context. If they can't give you context or where that verse is written or the verse title, the verse number, anything like that, they're ignorant. They don't know scripture. And you shouldn't listen to them. I was that dude. I came to our church and I would listen to sermons and I'd be like, man, Pastor Jurgen's great. I would always be like, oh, I'm sort of sick when a lady's preaching. Like I would, I would make excuses. I'm, I told you, I'm going to keep it real. I wouldn't make excuses. I would check the app. Nope. Wow. Football is more important that Sunday. Wow. Ah, yeah, I can't receive from her. She doesn't know what it's like to be a man. Wow. Not knowing at the point in time, I didn't know how to be a man. Wow. And I remember... <laughs> My wife, she's under the weather tonight. She couldn't be here, so I can, I, can, I can say this. There's no live stream. <laughs> but one day, I'm driving home from church, and um, I'm like, man, I'm really not feeling the lady preachers. Leandra, turn off your phone. You're taping that. No, that's not fair. No, 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 no. That's not fair. No, no. So one day I'm driving home from church and, you know, Glory's asking me like, hey, how was the sermon? And I'm not going to tell you which lady was preaching because all the lady pastors are my friends now. I respect them. I receive from them. So I will not tell you which one it was. But I'm like, yeah, I really don't want to hear her speak. And my my wife is nonchalantly looking at her phone and she's like, hmm, that's probably because you've always looked at women for their physical value and never what they could actually teach you. If I could have got out the car that moment on the highway and just, 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 just laid down on the highway, just like, hey, I, I, you got me. But I, so I, I like, I ate those. I ate that word. I ate that word. And I went home and I was like, okay, God, like, why do I, why have I, why do I think this way? And it's honestly because all of the women in my life or my, my mother, I, I, I honored her position, but she was not an honorable lady. And so every time I would talk to a woman, I would, like, I would hear my mother. I would hear my mom, like, belittling me. 
And so for me, I took that out on every woman I met. And so I treated women like objects, something to be conquered, not something to be cherished. Like that Mr. Player Player vibe, like that's, you're a bum. Like I call it like it is. Like if you're, if you, if, if you're, if you're dangling four or five women at a time, you're a bum. I don't have anybody, has anybody drank out of this? Can I have a drink? Okay. But in this process of me like trying to figure out like why I had such a problem, God's got a sense of humor. So my first job here at Awaken Church, I'm a pastor now, but my first job here at Awaken Church, I worked for Pastor Summer Peterson. So if you have a problem taking orders from a woman or you have problems listening to a woman, why would God then put me under a woman? Like, God, I'm, God, this is not how I'm going to get through this. And he's like, yes, you are. <laughs> Pastor Summer would give me tasks like, A, go clean out the trash cans. It needed to be done. It was, she wasn't belittling me. But I would walk away like, who does she think she is? Wow. Not knowing that God was healing me in those moments. Wow. My first three or four emerges, I was nowhere near a microphone. I lead it now, but my first three or four emerges, God's like, hey, man, I need you to get your heart right. Because one day I'm going to need you to teach men what I'm teaching you right now. And can you guys throw the picture up of my family? I don't know if you have it. That misogynistic viewpoint. Like how? How? Could I belittle? Or, or not cherish the, the mother of my children. The other, day, the other day, Freedom comes up to me and she's like, Dad, Dad. I'm like, Freedom, what do you want to be when you grow up? She's like, Dad, I, I want to be a pastor just like you. And I'm like, yo, thank God we're not in a church where she can only be a director. Thank God we're, we're not in a church where she can only be a leader. Thank God we're in a church that believes in edifying and glorifying a woman's role. Thank God. Thank God that we don't live in this weird misogynistic uh, sphere where only a woman or only a man has a voice. That's my eMERGE testimony. My eMERGE testimony is my family is counting on me to be the best I can be, to be the best dad I can be, to be the best husband I can be, to be the best pastor, the best leader. But I'm not going to do that if I can't respect women. I pray to God my daughters never meet a young Jeff Forbes. That's my prayer. God, God, I've been praying for their spouses since they were born. God, don't let them meet a young me. Don't let freedom meet a young me. Don't let justice meet somebody who was as ignorant as I was, who only saw their value for the, their physical appearance and not like what God made them, what God designed them to be here on earth. Thank you, God, that we are in an environment, and I'm going to tell you where it came from. Pastor John, can I have three more seconds? Sorry, I said I was going to be on time, Becky, Pastor Becky. I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. You know what the final the straw that broke the camel's back? 
Pastor Leanne came to preach at a merch in 2017. And in my ignorance, she walked in and I was like, isn't this a men's conference? And she walked on stage and, and spoke a message and I have a picture, I couldn't find it to get to the team. I have a picture where she's preaching and the only person standing up in the room is Pastor Jurgen. He's standing there and the way that Pastor Leanne looked at Pastor Jurgen, I was like, God, I can't, I, my, man. The way he honors Pastor Leanne, the way he treats her, the way he edifies her, like I want that for my marriage. I want my, I mean, there was a thousand people in the room, but Pastor Leanne, it was just, it was just a moment. The way she looked at him, they could have been a million miles away. But I was like, God, I want that. And he's like, cool, let's fix you. Let's fix you. I'm done. Come on, give it up for the preachers. Before John uh, closes out this service, I just said, can I come up and just say one thing? I just want to say that I love our church so much, and I especially love the men of our church. I'm so incredibly proud of you all and you all. Thank you be for being who you are, men. We love you so much. Amen. And we love the women of the church. Thank God Jeff went that way and didn't try to say what those other guys say with that verse comes up. <laughs> I trusted you the whole time, man. Don't worry about it. I got you. Thank you guys so much for sharing your story. Three by tens are some of my favorite nights ever of our church. It's because we have people here that are real and like we can all relate to those stories. I mean, we all had a BC life, most of us, before Christ. And we all, you know, I used to think the same as you guys thought, like, you know, being a man is what the world says being a man is. But the fact that you guys did that, but you all had an encounter with God and decided to humble yourself and start to follow God, even though it wasn't comfortable at first, or maybe it wasn't desirable at first, or I'm sure you got a bunch of kickback from friends and and whatever, but to see, to see you now is a testament of what God can do, not only for them, but for you. The reason why we share our testimonies is because if God can do it for us, he can do it for you. And so tonight before we close, I want to pray for some people. And I want to pray for you if maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you haven't started that transformation process. Maybe, you know, you thought, being a man or a woman was a certain way, but maybe tonight you've realized, you know what? Look at all of these cool people. And you want to start to follow follow Jesus. I want to give you that opportunity. Or maybe you're here tonight and you, you know, maybe when you grew up, you went to church and, but, you know, stuff has happened and you've kind of taken your life back and now you're kind of doing your own thing and, you know, one foot in and one foot out, but tonight you're saying, you know what? I want to get back on track. I want to follow Jesus. Like Jeff said, so he can establish your your steps. And so I want to give you that opportunity. I'm just going to say while we're standing here, eyes open. Uh, we're all family here. We're all rooting for you. If that's you, if you're one of those two people, why don't you just lift your hand right now so I can pray for you. And, uh, and you can start the journey of transformation. Is there anybody like that in here today? God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? There's probably five, five or so people lifted their hand. I'm just going to say a prayer, and I'd love it if we'd all repeat the prayer, especially those of you that lifted your hand. We want to see you transform just like their stories can be your story. So let's have everybody say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross for my sins. Lord Jesus, tonight, I invite you into my life, and I invite you to change me. I invite you to transform me just like you did to them. Tonight I declare that I am saved, that heaven is my home, and that God is my Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.